Hey leader, David Burke is here, organizational psychologist and author of four best-selling books on helping teams do their best work ever. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about how you can make remote workers on your team feel included. It is undeniable at this point that we are headed to a new chapter in the story of remote work. The remote work movement has gained momentum. It's now at critical mass. What began as a forced and temporary work from home experiment turned into a majority of employees saying, you know, I kind of like this flexibility thing and I don't really want to go back to eight to five, nine to five, five days a week. I don't wanna go back to 40, 50 hour weeks and squeezing the rest of my life at the margins of what's just a normal work schedule. I want that flexibility to work from anywhere, which means leaders are gonna to have to know how to lead from anywhere. And one of the key things I see smart leaders pay attention to in this world of hybrid work from everywhere is making sure that their remote people, really all of their people, feel included. When you have some members of a team that are working full time from an office location and other members of your team that are remote, or when you have everybody with the freedom to be remote, but they aren't always in an office environment all of the time, making sure that the people who are mostly remote feel as valuable and as vital a member of the team as the people who are spending more time at that now pretty useless office just kidding, it was always pretty useless. Those workers, those remote workers feeling as included as co-located workers is one of the biggest leadership struggles. So let's talk about four ways that you can make sure that remote workers feel included and more importantly, that you can send the message to everybody on your team that everyone is equally valuable and has an equally large contribution to make to the larger goals. Now the first way you can do this is by leveling the playing field. You might not have taken the time to do this if you rushed out to this forced remote work experiment or you might not have ever thought that you need to do this, but you have probably sensed that there are some advantages to being in the office. Right? The ability to just walk down the hallway and ask a coworker a quick question, especially a quick work-related question, gives a little bit of advantage to the people who are at the office the most. The ability to be in the room with two or three people before you join a Zoom call or a WebEx call with the two or three people who are distantly out there somewhere, the ability to be in the room together provides a little bit of an advantage. And your role as a leader, if you're doing this sort of work from anywhere team, is to really level that playing field. At a company like Basecamp, a almost fully distributed company that does keep a small home office for people to optionally use, one of the rules that they use for leveling the playing field is that everyone's on the video call or no one's on the video call. And what I mean by that is there isn't one link in a conference room where everybody who's there together can be on the call together and they're all staring at the same screen with four or five people who are alone at their computer. If even one person on the team can't make the in-person meeting, then everyone on the team goes back to their computers and signs into that online call with a level playing field. Now in the same capacity, you've gotta pay attention to the way that you're communicating about the job. Those little chit chats with people and socialization that you're having in the hallways are fine. Make sure you're doing it with your remote workers as well in a more deliberate effort. But if you're going to walk down the hall and ask a quick work-related question, 
and someone else on your team who is mostly remote might also need to know the answer to that, then you probably need to make sure that that gets communicated in email or in your project management software in a tool that everyone has access to. That's what we mean by leveling the playing field. Send a deliberate message by the way that you work to make sure that people know that we're all working with the same raw materials, we're all working at that same level playing field, and so we all have the ability to perform no matter where we're trying to perform from. The next method you can use to make remote workers feel included is to share the pain. And this kind of touches on what we were talking about earlier with meetings and the base camp rule that if one person can't be in the in-person, then it's now a virtual call. This has to do with when we're scheduling the call or when we're scheduling other events or when we're communicating or establishing sort of business hours versus untouchable hours. Sharing the pain means that we take into account the idea that people are gonna be in different, not just zip codes, but time zones. If you're working with a geographically dispersed team, we're going to face a world where that's increasingly a fully globally dispersed team. And so time zones are going to matter if they don't already. And as the leader of the team, if you're calling meetings at times that are always convenient to you, you're sending a message to the people who that time isn't all that convenient for, that your schedule matters more than them, that you're okay with the idea that they have to work late or that they have to get up early to attend that weekly all hands meeting that you're calling at 11 a.m. your time. Share the pain means that sometimes you get up at a time that's inconvenient for you or sometimes you ask everybody to rotate through a convenient time for each time zone so that everybody is having to adjust accordingly. It means that you don't think wherever your company office is located is the true headquarters of the company. It means that you think we all, yeah, we wanna be working at one time together in this meeting, but when that is in a 24-hour day is the question, not when it is in an eight to five day. The next method, and this is one I'm a big fan of, is to find time for fika. Fika is a Swedish word. It translates to to have coffee, but it's about a whole lot more than coffee. In North America, we might call it going for drinks after work, but what I love about fika is that it can be seen as an element of work. Not just the taking a coffee break time, but taking the time to get to know a coworker or a colleague that works in a different company, somebody that you collaborate with on a regular basis. And yeah, sometimes just friends because you know you don't know where that relationship is gonna go and business and personal relationships overlap all the time. In a remote work world and with teams that are fully geographically dispersed or even teams that are half and half, finding time for Fika means asking your people to take specific times in the week where they pair off with somebody else on the team and have a non-work conversation. Could be as little as 30 minutes, just a little coffee break in what is both people's afternoon or what's one person's mid-morning and another person's afternoon, and just finding some time to socialize and make sure those people feel included. Fika is a way to bring back those casual chit-chats that we were talking about that happen as you walk through the co-located office, but make sure that everyone is participating in them and so everyone feels like they know everybody on the team. The other great thing about finding time for Fika is that it enhances the power of when you can, on that rare occasion, get everybody together. Because now you're not spending that time getting to know each other, you already know each other. You're spending that time reuniting each other, which is a much more powerful emotional experience in this sort of real emotional life of work that we have to manage as team leaders. Now, the last method to make remote workers feel more included is to watch the water cooler. And by water cooler, again, I'm referring to that co-located office. 
I'm referring to that. I actually don't know a lot of offices that still have one of these. It's more likely the kitchen suite in the office these days. But that place where people gathered because they needed a quick beverage or they needed a quick snack and then they had that non-work conversation like we're trying to replace with Fika. Some teams, especially geographically dispersed teams and especially teams that are hybrid work from anywhere teams, find a benefit to creating a digital water cooler, a place where there's a running non-work conversation going on. Now, this can be casual chit-chats in the form of email, but I think it's actually better to have a place. Could be a Slack channel or a specific channel inside of Microsoft Teams. The thing that you want to make sure of, though, is that this is a dedicated space where everyone feels included, where everyone feels welcome to come and join the conversation, but nobody feels obligated to do it. Because if the water cooler becomes a place where we talk about project work, then it becomes a place that's essential for people to keep track of. And honestly, let's be, let's be totally real here. There's nothing worse than having to scroll back up in a Slack channel or some kind of chat room and catch up with this massive conversation that should have been captured in the project management software. You may want to create that digital water cooler space, but if you do, you want to make sure it's a space where everyone feels welcome, but no one feels obligated, and that the conversation, that's why we called it Watch the Water Cooler, stays in non-work topics that help people build bonds and build relationships. Now, if you do all of this, level the playing field, share the pain, find time for Fika, and watch the water cooler, one of the things that you are gonna find is that people get to know each other on a level that even co-located teams often don't talk about. The beautiful thing that happens happens when we do this is that in those rare occurrences where you get the whole team together, it doesn't feel like remote workers are having to spend so much time getting to know everybody. They already know them. It feels like a reunion. It feels like, I mean, it feels like a family event where we're getting relationships back together. It feels like a homecoming. If we take these steps to make remote workers feel included, we'll make sure everybody feels included in doing the work that they do. And then something amazing happens. Then the work that they do gets even better. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many more people. And if you really liked it and you want to go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.